Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Ian Insider with me, Chris Slowly. And joining us down the line from Rio de Janeiro is Rafael Cassim. Rafael, how are you? Hi, Chris. Still alive again. Thank you. Well, it's interesting. We were chatting just off mic there about your journey and what it's like being in Brazil. You have flown into a political and health, I suppose, center. It's it's grabbing a lot of attention, a lot of headlines. What's the mood like where you are? Yeah. Well, look, uh, I'm happy that you guys are okay back in London too. Hopefully, I'll be back there soon. Uh, it was a quick trip, and and thankfully, it's a it's a it was a quick trip. Um, why? Because you know the the virus has seriously hit. Uh, Brazil, uh, you know, it's it's basically been left open. Uh, people have been quite compliant. They do wear masks all over the street. Uh, they are generally generally worried. Uh, and you see, and, and what will probably happen is that probably the lower classes will be hit the most. Uh, and the government, in a political astute move, uh, has gone on and and prolonged a program in which they're you know similar to the furloughing. In the state, in the UK, um, by giving them about a hundred dollars a month, and for people who were making less than that, that's that's a nice little gift. So you see lots of people in the queues. Um, but but the the situation I, th- I think here is beginning to get more complex. As I was telling you, you know, I've never been to India. I'd love to go, um, but uh, you know, I always heard that uh, it's a very corrupt country, though it's a powerhouse. Um, and what we're seeing in Brazil, and I'm realizing now, is that corruption is throughout all levels of the political spectrum. Are we talking the highest? Are we talking the Bolsonaro family again? We're talking about the Bolsonaro family. Uh, the president's family is involved in a, a lot of really low-level, I'd say mafia-like crimes. Uh, and, and they're getting caught. This is the problem. And they have immunity uh, because they are in power. Uh, in government, you know, his, his a couple of his sons are in in, in government, uh, so so they get away with it. So uh, so okay. So what we see here is the the government trying very hard. I mean, but, and by the government, I mean the president uh, to do all kinds of uh, come up with all kinds of measures to protect his his sons. Um, and but it's not only at that level that you see a problem. You see a problem at the Senate. You see the problem in Congress, whereby they're all trying to grab a little bit of power from him because whoever, uh, whatever they can get, whichever uh, Senate, uh, sorry, whichever ministry they can get, uh, they will obviously make lots of money from that. And they're getting that from the president because he wants their votes. So it's as if Brazil has stopped uh, working on, on getting its economy on track and, and it's focusing on the president defending himself and and people dealing with with the virus because there are loads of people just dropping dead every day so it's it's messy and now we have the norwegians who very smartly decided to confront brazil on its ecological uh environmental uh record and that is another area where the government is again not doing what it should be doing so we see that they're just eating the into the jungle uh, and and allowing people to do whatever they want for money, right? So it's it, I would say that while in the old days you'd say you know you could see Brazil being at the crest of the wave, I, I would say now it's uh, it's actually going downhill. Now I as you know I've only invested in Brazil once in my in my professional life, but uh, and, and you know I I'm always negative because I always think spreads are too tight, uh, but it may be that at one point. 
spreads are too tight. And, and there are other opportunities. I mean, you may be tempted to go into, for example, Ecuador at distressed levels uh, because the upside is significantly better. That's interesting. I think that was what I was coming on to because looking at the where Brazil is, it's the second country in the world with 50,000 or more coronavirus-related deaths. You've got, the, like you said, the Norwegian group that's applying pressure environmentally. Bolsonaro trying to defend his position. Is it investable? Is it an area that people should be looking at? It seems to be failing on a number of ESG criteria, which seems to be the emphasis of almost everybody I speak to at the moment. Right. Would it be, make sense to look elsewhere, even though it's such a huge part of the Latin American complex? Well, yields in Brazil in dollars are negligible uh, when you're talking about other alternatives. Um, so I, I, I wouldn't do it. And, and as I said, I, I rarely did it. Um, I would say that you have to be, you have all the downside and very little upside. Now, having said that, Brazil has over 350 billion in foreign currency reserves, right? So in terms of being able to repay the debt, it's not an imminent issue, but you never know what can happen on any given day. So if all of a sudden they can't finance themselves because people boycott them, uh, or if or if something happens, who knows? You know, you can't guess. Uh, you know, at this level of corruption, you, you just can't imagine wh where and what will come from which direction. Um, you know, I, I am tempted not to get involved. I mean, as, as I said, you know, I, to you earlier, I, I'm only here for personal reasons. You know, I have family here, so I had to deal with something. But but I, it's not, you know, it's, it's not a place where I, I put my money. Well, looking at where what else is going on, because Brazil's, I mean, it's a huge aspect of things, but it's not the only thing. We were originally going to talk over the last couple of weeks because Argentina was supposed to be getting their house in order. They've now kicked that over to the end of July. How much of a focus is that for you? And is it is there any positive in the fact that it's been pushed out to July? Does that mean that there's going to be more negotiation? There's going to be potential positive resolution? Or is it the reverse of that? And it means this is so hard for them to unpick they are trying to buy as much time as possible. Well, I, I would say that if you were going to make money in Argentina, you probably would have bought, you should have bought it already at lower levels. Um, it seems to me like the position, uh, the position of the government and the position of the, uh, of the ad hoc group is, is not significantly far away. I think from what I'm hearing, it's somewhere around the 6% area. Um, but, and, and obviously you make money if after the restructuring, uh, the Argentines prove to be doing the right thing. Uh, I, but I would say that the government has missed a very good opportunity just now uh, to have a deal. I think that the extension is nonsensical um, and it's embarrassing. I, I would say it's shameful. And, and I would say that the, it behooves the Argentinians to get a deal done because if they don't, I don't think they will ever be able to tap international markets again. And I don't know if they realize that or if they're playing for their constituency. Um, but, you know, things are not going super well uh, locally within the economy. So I would say if they get a deal done and, and, I, and I would say, you know, the government will probably do a deal. It will probably take longer now. Right. We'll go into July. Um, you know, it, it will probably be OK. I mean, you make some money, you get decent yields. But it would, it would again, it would depend a lot on the kind of deal, because if I gave you the option, Chris, of, uh, of not taking a coupon for three years uh, and then getting a coupon that was significantly close to zero, 
you may not want to buy Argentinian debt, right? So, mm. so the issue we have here is, is how appealing the deal is going to be when they structure it and, and, and strike a deal. And yeah, and whether, whether you know, people will, will feel, uh, let's say, inclined to go into it. And, and at the moment, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't bet against it because I think, you know, if you're against the wall, you, know, you have to do a deal. But, but I'm not sure how much upside there's going to be. I'd, I, again, I would say the Argentina at the moment might be very similar to Brazil. Before this call in research this call, I read an excellent piece, Brad Setzer for the Council on Foreign Relations, who broke down the complexities of this in layman's terms. I'm not at the level of bond expertise, anywhere near the level that you're at, but he talked about the dynamics of the bond and how the collective action could play out and what the potential could be. But he said this spectre of, and paraphrasing him and paraphrasing you, the spectre of them damaging their long-term reputation is clearly there because if a country, I think they've defaulted nine times, if they were to default a tenth, why would anyone ever buy again? It doesn't seem to make any sense. That is, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> to quote somebody else. Can I do? Can I do a little quiz on you, Raphael? To see where we are. Um, Argentina is not actually you. And again, this is I'm going to tell you where I got this source afterwards. But Argentina is not the country that has defaulted the most in the world. It's, in fact, it's not even the most in Latin America. There are two countries in Latin America that have got higher sovereign defaults. Do you know which two? Ecuador. Ecuador. Yeah, correct. 11. And Brazil apparently has 10, although I was using Wikipedia, so it said citation needed. Right. So I'll, I'll take that at face value. But can I just, this is on a slight, I got slightly obsessed with this, so I'm going to do it. Um, globally, do you know which country has on record the most defaults? No. No one. Spain. Ah, interesting. But there's a huge technicality here, Raphael. They've had 18 defaults, but nine of them happened between 1557 and 1662. Right. Okay. When the gold rush and the mercantilism and the Cantillian effect. Anyway, I've shown some background reading. I've, I'm done showing off now. I'll, I'll, I'll stick to what I know rather than just reading from Wikipedia. Okay. Um, with Argentina, then, so that's something that is going to be pushed to the end of next month at the very earliest. And like you said, that could still not be a date when it is resolved. So where should people be looking? I know I say this every time we speak, but... It does seem like there are a lot of challenges, a lot of issues. We've never really talked about China in these discussions. Is that at all on your radar or is that something that, again, you need to look at all the negatives before you even consider the positives? Well, I don't I don't see a lot of negatives in China. You know, I think uh, I have a Huawei phone. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not worried about their, you know, their, their my, my picture showing up uh, on billboards uh, that they're probably positive. Uh, if I'm looking, you know, nicely dressed, um, <laughs> I, I look at the rare pure, like that's the rare positive surveillance yeah. story that you hear. Yeah, yeah, it's better than Instagrammers, you know. Um, but but I look, I I, I like I like China. I, I think yields are a little bit low. I think that we're entering an interesting moment. Uh, there are lots of interesting plays. Uh, like we talked about Ecuador, you know, they are not paying the coupon. They might discuss restructuring. Maybe we have to wait a little bit more until we see where that goes, but bonds are cheap. Um, so it might be, and they have, a, they have uh, goodwill. And that's, that to me is very important. I think we're entering a phase in, in debt investment. Uh, you know, you mentioned ESG. I mean, I, I personally think that ESG is still not being done right. 
uh, and it's and and in fact, I think a lot of people are showing something just to show that they 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 think they have something, uh, and I think a lot of investors don't realize it, um, but especially on the EM side. Uh, but I, I would say that that uh, we're entering a phase in which there is a lot of concern for what countries do. So that's why you know the Argentines might be it might be their last chance to do this. Uh, otherwise be, be relegated, you know, to God knows what, you know, uh, North Korea status. Um, I, I'd like some of the countries in Africa because I think they, they've, they're, they're doing the right thing. Uh, some of them have gone on with this, uh, this, um, uh, debt forgiveness program. Uh, and, and, and some haven't. And, and, you know, it's interesting to see that the ones that have really needed. Uh, they're not that meaningful, but the ones that you would expect to see going in and looking for money haven't. So, and I like Ghana, for example. I like Nigeria. I think yields are attractive. Um, there's nothing wrong with with a little moratorium when the world economy stops for three months and then continuing to repay your debt. Uh, and and I think that you know if you do that right, people will take you seriously. And, and so I, I but I see a, a nice moment. A kind of sweet spot, and I could use the Goldilocks uh, example again, but it's yeah. we're in Goldilocks. You know, we have all the central banks now; they're buying emerging market uh, stuff too, and everybody's is is bullish. Uh, okay, the S and P has struggled to go over thirty two hundred, and and now it's somewhere between three thousand and thirty one hundred. Uh, question is, are we gonna go back down? Uh, or are we going to see how the openings come along? Uh, and even with, if they don't, don't come along perfectly, I think people have realized that it's better to get food on the table and maybe get a cough uh, than to just stay home watching TV and, and you know, eventually die of hunger. Um, so so I, think, I think we're moving in that direction. I mean, if you, you just need to look at Hyde Park on a weekend or even a weekday, um, or Richmond Park for you know to make it worse, so so I, I would say that. Uh, but I think they closed it, right? Um, but but I would say that that you know we're in a in a, in the sweet spot. Look, uh, hard currency emerging debt is is barely negative. It's down around two percent uh, on the year, and I would say that that has a lot to do with Lebanon, Argentina, Ecuador, all of these countries that have had you know significant drops. In, in bond prices. You, you see on the corporate EM side, which I'm a little bit surprised, but happy about it. I don't know if this is going to be the final story, um, but where corporates are basically flat on the year. Um, it may be that- Which is surprising given everything that's happened. Yeah. Remember, there are lots of uh, Chinese corporates in the index, right? So, yeah. so it could be that you know when you look at the index, you need to understand the idiosyncrasies of it. And, and I think that that might be the issue uh, and you know, with the, with the corporates, but that's fine. You know, if it if it makes you money, that's that's good. Uh, local currency though is is down six percent, and that's interesting again because it it continues to go along that path that we were discussing. If everybody brings rates down to zero, why are you going to look for carry in Brazil? You know, where in the old days the only reason people bought local currency was that interest rates locally were high. So I think what we'll see. Is is that local currency will struggle throughout this year? You know, despite the dollar uh, potentially getting weaker, 
and and I think as as we we're saying, it's a sweet spot, right? So we'll continue to see people jumping into this because the alternative is getting zero, and I am getting uh, yields between seven and nine percent in emerging countries without sweating. Well, I'm certainly sweating here. It's it's a heat wave in the UK at the moment, and I know it's um it's always hot in Brazil. But I think that's a great note to finish on, Rafael, because um it's, it's rare that we get to finish on what we consider positivity mm. with the way there's actual potential with everything that's going on. But um, best of luck in Brazil. Stay safe. Yeah, and um, we'll you. catch up next time you're back. Yeah, Chris. Look, thanks very much again. Uh, I hope people are enjoying this. Uh, I'll be back soon, and probably locked down for a couple of weeks. And uh, yeah. Uh, I, I'm much more positive than I was earlier in the year. Uh, I personally, I made some purchases uh, during the, 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 you know, this period because I thought there were a few credits that were good, and I and I hope that lots of people have done the same. I didn't invest big time uh, because obviously, you know, I, I I always keep one foot back, you know, behind just in case, and and things weren't looking so perfect. But I, th I think we might look at the end of the year and, and realize that actually emerging debt will have done quite decently. So that's, that's, that's good before the summer, right? Fantastic. Excellent. Thank you very much, Raphael. Thank you as always. And also if you, um, for everyone listening, if you are enjoying this, if you have any comments, feedback, please get in contact with me, see slowly at cdy.co.uk. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, everywhere you get your podcasts. And until next time, uh, take care. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chris. Bye-bye.